0: Hey everyone, this is Izzy, the creator of Izzy's Two Sound Sense blog and the music channel Misanthrope on YouTube. You are currently listening to my podcast, Sounding Out with Misanthrope, the podcast where I speak to friends from musicians to DJs to zine makers to promoters about their experiences as queer femme people in the music industry. Right off the bat, I would love for you all to please help boost the podcast by giving it a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. In today's episode, I speak to Kennedy Quill, Sofia Krudikova, and Tali Ashkenazi, the founders of Riot Girl Records in Seattle and the Ra Ra Rebel scene. We speak in depth about how they each got their foot in the door in the Seattle music scene and the inception of Riot Girl records, as well as the importance of keeping Riot Girl alive and amending for the movement's past mistakes. We also talk about why it's so important to continue to create safe spaces for queer femme people in the music industry. Just to give you a fair warning, in this episode, we do talk about and discuss sexual assault. So if you are sensitive to that, this is your warning. This was an extremely pleasing and cathartic chat to have. And it was so nice to speak to other queer femme people who are just as fed up with misogyny in the music industry as I am. So I would like to thank the girls. That's girls with three Rs for gabbing with me for an hour and a half. And I hope you all enjoy the conversation as well. So let's get into it. Congratulations on the fourth issue of the zine. And do you want to tell me a little bit about how you guys met each other?
1: Yeah. um, So Kennedy and I first met through the 90 Point Teen program at KEXP, and we became friends. We started talking about music a lot, and then um, we met Tolly. Because, uh, do you want to talk about
2: home? <laughs> <laughs> Um Kennedy's dad is dating my mom. Yes.
0: Oh, cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's our little connection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But we, me and Sophia, met during Ninety Point Teen uh, back in twenty nineteen, yeah. and uh, kind of started doing or dreaming about riot girl records zine making just all that kind of stuff i feel like probably during 2020 um like in the heat like the beginning i feel like in like june of 2020 was when we were first like okay this is something that we could do and that would be like really really cool and fun to do um and then it came into fruition in march yeah uh, we
1: watched High Fidelity during quarantine, <laughs> and then we were like, "Holy shit! Some record store, we need that. Yes, we really do." And um, I love Zoe Kravitz. So oh my that, God. like, she's she's impeccable. <laughs> it's
3: a different. It's a wow. Yeah, words can't even describe.
1: <laughs> but yeah, and like we've been super part of like record stores and just like the music scene. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, and you said um, that, Sophia, you said you and Kennedy met um, through the K-98 program. Is that what it's called at KEXP? It's the
1: 90 point teen program from KEXP. program. So what is that? So it is a program where KEXP got together a bunch of youth, and they taught us all radio and media arts, and they let us be on air every Saturday, um, and there was like a rotating cast, and it was such a beautiful program to just like get more
0: youth involved into radio. That's awesome. So, and were you guys like around like high school aged at this point? Yeah, we were, uh, I think I
3: was 17, Sophia was 16, Um, so I I had never thought about, like, working in the music industry or really doing anything, it was just something I dreamed about forever until I got involved at KEXP, and then I was like, oh, this is a thing, people do this! Um, (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, I've just been uh, working for KEXP ever since, so I still DJ for them now as a big grown-up DJ now that I'm not in the program um and it, it's a lot of fun it's really great i love it there Mwah.
0: that's amazing i've been um i've been listening for a while like um on my computer of course cuz like uh, in real radio it would just be like <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um and have you guys uh did you guys grow up in um seattle
3: I grew up in Seattle? Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I grew up near Seattle, not in the city. Um I grew up in the suburbs on the east side. Hated it forever. And then when I was 15, I moved into Seattle and was like, "Oh, this is what life is supposed to be like." <laughs> yeah. I I
2: grew up in Seattle um moved to Bainbridge Island for like a year and a half and then we decided we hated it and we came back and
0: yeah cool um and I wanted to know what like I guess how each of you individually like got into like music seriously was there a certain record a certain like event or um Period in your life where you were like, oh, like music is something that I want to seriously involve myself in?
3: Yeah, I feel like I'm very lucky. My parents had great music taste when I was growing up. So I grew up listening to a lot of great bands like La Tigre and Liz Fair and a lot of those like Lilith Fair bands. So a lot of like femme rock stars who I loved Um, and I also grew up going to a camp called Rain City Rock Camp who's a part of like the girls rock camp alliances they're all over the country and the world I think um and so that was my first like introduction to like music industry things or just being involved in the music scene in general um and then I I got involved at KEXP and just saw how much inequity there is in the music industry and how it is just absolutely fucking dominated by white men and they make all the decisions and they're the main target fucking audience and it's bullshit it's bullshit and it makes me really mad and I was like okay well no one else is doing anything about this so I gotta be angry and and make some fucking change
1: yeah I love that I love that (laughs) Um, How I got into the music industry is back when I was like 15, um, I like all of my friends stopped being friends with me. So I needed something to like motivate me and like something that I could do. So I started volunteering um, around the music industry when I was like 16. uh, I started volunteering at KEXP and then I just got like super connected in the music industry to like different places. And I was like, damn, like this is exactly what I want to do. Like I just... Uh, through the KXP, I got connected to the Vera project, and I took all of their audio courses there. Like, originally, I just wanted to be, like, a front-of-house audio person and just, like, work shows all the time, because I love shows. I love concerts so much. There is nothing that I love more than just, like, a mosh pit right. full of sweaty people. Right amen. Amen. Oh my uh, I love cannot it. wait. Right? I'm so <laughs> Amazing. I'm so I was so just kind. like, I don't want to pay for shows anymore. How can I get into the shows for free? I can work in the shows. I can work in the industry and um that's been like how I got into music uh and then through Vera Project I also got connected to like Sub Pop and they've been really great I got the scholarship uh loser scholarship last year so that I could go to school this year and I did an internship for them and now I work at their retail department which is like super cool to kind of like get my foot in the door there and yeah I've just like devoted myself to music ever since I was like 16.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I grew up around music. My dad and mom both played music. I was in piano lessons from a very young age. And my brother is also very into music. Um, I, I started playing guitar when maybe like, uh, maybe I was 14 and I started taking it seriously about two years ago. So um yeah, I I'm I'm new to the punk riot girl scene. And um I'm just excited to be here and learn new things. And <laughs> yes. yeah.
0: That's so cool. Um, Kennedy, that your parents were like so into all these um queer femme bands and everything and Riot Girl, cause. My parents, I'm sure, were aware of it, but that wasn't what they were predominantly having a heavy rotation in the house growing up. So I didn't even find totally. out that Riot Girl existed until I was like, just graduated high school. And I was like, holy
2: shit. Like, <laughs> it's a whole <hobby> new world.
0: <laughs> and there's still like brewing scenes like, who are like trying to, I guess, sort of push the movement forward and amend for its past mistakes and everything and be more inclusive, which is mm-hmm, really cool. yeah. I remember, um, and like you said, how the industry is just like overly saturated with white dudes who makes the target audience <laughs> being white dudes. And I remember just, um, I, when I interviewed Jeannie Young, one of the things that they said to me was I remember when I was just starting in a chapter in Riot Girl, and that was right when the media just decided—the male-dominated media, of course—just decided to declare Riot Girl dead, mm-hmm. like gone, boom, it's over. Uh, we'll take Slater Kinney because they've revised their sound and everything, but the rest of you can go. And it's—it's it's just like, oh, it made me so mad. Like, um, just hearing it from that perspective. Um, and
3: oh my gosh. Totally. It's just like that, that post-feminism bullshit. Right. And it's like, what? Right. What post-feminism? That's, that, oh that was done. We did it already. <laughs> so, it's it's not,
2: done. so it's not a problem Just like anymore. how
0: racism was solved right. in the 60s. I'm, was, like, so, they glad that, that, I'm yeah. so glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> Relieved. MLK did one speech and then racism is over. Did, it, was it was solved. It, was it
1: went
0: done. away. <laughs> and Oh yeah, it's just like um and out of curiosity, like who are some of your um very favorite like I guess uh bands in the in your local community right now who like you really would love to put on blast who you think everyone should hear? Ooh.
3: Everyone who we've featured in our zine. Yes. yes. Are
0: phenomenal. <laughs> love
1: them. We love them. Uh, Mr. Dinkles, we featured them for issue four. They're an amazing riot girl band from Seattle, and they've just been like super involved in the scene. And their album titled "Self" is so good. It's so, it's good. so it's... phenomenal. It like pushes boundaries in such an amazing way. And I love Mr. Dinkles. They are fabulous. And then Mia Day, who is our artist spotlight for issue. One, she makes amazing like indie cowgirl music. She's our resident cowgirl. She is, but cowgirl (laughs) with three R's, like riot girl, cowgirl. (laughs) And she just came out with a song called Rosie, which is so
3: good. It's it's phenomenal. It's a really great track.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
3: cool. And Hannah Jadagu too, who we also had featured. Who's like. The coolest she's like so cool. <laughs> oh my god, she's so cool. Right. <laughs> like like, like, like 18 years old and signed a sub pop, mm-hmm. right? And like the coolest like dream pop music. I'm obsessed. No, yeah, yeah, like, I'm obsessed. totally obsessed with her. She's and so her cool. sister, Timey Tuesday. Yeah. It's Both of their them is it's just phenomenal. Just Could talk about that. Magical. For hours. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, Queen Chimera is another amazing band. We love dearly. um, And I believe they have a new song coming out soon. Yeah, Question I saw art. their album art on Instagram. <laughs> um, but they're super new. They were one of the last shows that I saw before we closed up for the pandemic. It was just like a like Monday night punk show, which like, oh. I miss Monday night punk shows. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw them as like a little concert with like, I don't know, I think like 15 people showed up. But they, I love their energy so much. And uh, just like girl skater punks need to take over the world. Yeah. And they are. So uh, yeah.
1: it's Perfect. And King Shime, who was our uh, another one of our
0: artist spotlight, we love King Shime. <laughs> I just listened to the Greek tragedy EP. Like I think, um, I think that I think they had put that out like a uh, on their Bandcamp like a uh, before. So I remember seeing it, but I hadn't actually listened to it until they announced, like, "Hey, I'm putting this on streaming platforms too." So, and you make you make music, um, and. Yes. I was wondering, um, like if you could tell me a little bit a bit about like uh what that's like for you, what it was like when you started, how you what what you've learned and how you've sort how it sort of helped you grow personally, like anything like about making music that you can tell me.
1: Yeah. Um so I started producing when I was 15. Um I just went and I googled free loops, and they were all (laughs) different BPMs, and then I put them all together in Audacity, I recorded vocals over it from, like, a really shitty, just, like, computer mic, and then I released that, and my whole school was like, oh my god, like, what is this, and that was, like, kind of my first music, um, venture, but I after I started like to get super into like music production and just like audio engineering, like the technical side of it. And I started to like take more audio classes, take more music production classes. And it wasn't really until like the pandemic hit that I like sat down and I was like, right, I'm going to be an artist now. This is, this is it. This is what I want. And I started to like really get into guitar of like March, 2020, I think was just like the moment where I was like, damn, I'm going to like, I'm going to do guitar. I'm going to do it. And I just started researching on, like, how to get my music onto streaming services, how to, like, produce it by myself. And I just started, like, buying more audio gear and kind of just, like, getting my music inspiration down. just, like, computer, my music. And then I release it, and I'm like, yes, this is... this out in the world. Everyone can hear it now. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I did a... Vera Project live stream back in December, which was so fun. And Kennedy helped out. It was so fun. Yeah. I was like, As people, they mm-hmm. exist. Because in <laughs> December, people didn't exist. They did not. <laughs> and um, it was just really cool because like that was my first time performing live in front of anyone, kind of like professionally. Right. Um and now I have just been like working on kind of like the music business side of like my own music and like figuring out like a release schedule and like doing all of like the like one sheets and all of like the things that are associated with being an artist and there's so much and it's just like it's such a journey and I'm so glad that like I get to take it and I'm just like I got onto like this sub pop suggest playlist and I was like oh my god like this is literally insane I'm like freaking out and I like can't really like process a lot of it because it's all happening (laughs) super fast um, but I'm along for the ride. Hopefully I'll have an EP out, like, later in, like, November, December, around there. It's, like, still a work in progress. <laughs> so I can't, like, anything. You can't anything. give an
3: artist a deadline. No. Yeah. no. That's not
1: a thing. Uh, so, yeah, that is, and, like, I... Also, want like we want Right Girl Records to be like a record label. So like my latest song Bebop is like released under Right Girl Records. So just like yes. so cool to like see it as the label. Um, because like we want to like have more artists and just like get the whole like capture like the Seattle scene in mm. its essence for real. And, like it was just like the feeling of being on stage. Like I that was like just so amazing and beautiful. And I just got to like. And my little songs. And I just like, I love sharing my music with the world. Cause it's like, this is straight from brain to just like audio.
0: <laughs> I'm curious. Do any of like, um, the artists that you listen to at the moment sort of seep into your, uh, writing and recording process ever? Oh, totally. I feel like my whole rotation
1: is just like inspiration. Whoa, that rhymes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> um, I hate Grimes as a person I think they are (laughs) awful I hate that they're married to Elon Musk Mm -hmm. but I feel like their music inspires me a lot in just like the production aspect of it and like just seeing a bunch of femme artists like being there just like completely like doing everything themselves and like doing everything diy like not that grimes does because major artist major label artist
3: but i feel like there's so many like femme people in the hyper pop scene and like like or just like that like electronic hyper pop scene that um like have that like diy essence which is like truly punk yeah really when it comes down to it i'm like there's so much music that isn't like seen as
0: punk which who decides what yeah. is punk and what literally. isn't punk? Yeah. And people who do
3: are assholes. So, like, fuck
0: that. I punk was an attitude. Like, yeah, fat, yeah. yeah. literally, it is. It
3: exactly. totally is. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's so many femmes and non binary and trans people who um, just like thrive in those like hyper pop electronic communities because it's like all DIY and yeah. everyone's just like making like weird shit, but it all sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would
1: also say that like, another one of my influences in my music is, like, Lael Neal, um, who released an amazing album that was just, like, an Omnicord album, oh and, like, god. the Omnicord, I could go on, like, a whole tangent about how <laughs> I just love the Omnicord. It is so pretty, and What's I found...
3: Omnicord?
1: Dude, oh my god. There's an
3: online Omnicord. Yeah.
1: That's something, it's like therapy literally like if you just search online omnicord.com it's an online omnicord you can just use it like that's what i use to make my song because like i can't i don't have a real omnicord but it's i really want one yeah they're so expensive Anyone want to
3: buy us <laughs> <like, someone> an <laughs> omnicord we'll use it
1: like every day we we'll promise. send you daily videos yeah. of <laughs> um and i feel like i'm also super inspired by like Hannah Tadagou because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just like her DIY like I mean, ethos so jump, that yeah. whole like bedroom pop EP that she yeah. released like it was just like so surreal being able to interview her so it's like I listen to your music and then I'm like then I make music mm-hmm. um and yeah I just like I'm ex- I'm also inspired but just like my whole community for my music and I yeah like literally all of my friends that are musicians because I make such fabulous music
0: that's amazing um out of curiosity, like, um, because you spoke about grimes, but are there like a lot of figures that you guys have in your life, like as artists that you feel like you have a love-hate relationship with? Like as a person, you're like, eh, but but when it comes to music, you're just like, awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah. <funny."> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot that Just their, like, nostalgia that I listened to before Mm -hmm. they were outed as Predator. Yeah. Um, Like, a lot of, like, you know, like, the Orwells and Together Pangea and those kind of guys who are, like, oh, my God, they're literally the worst people ever. Yeah. Um, So there's no love in that relationship. Only hate. But, (laughs) like, 15-year-old me can still listen to some of their songs and just, like, go the fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um But oh, Courtney Love is another one where, like, yes. I was literally the listening we to whole we were
2: talking about it the other night. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was listening to whole this morning, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's such a cunt." <laughs> but, Jesus Christ, this goes so hard, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just like I can't support them as an artist, but. And I will never play their music on the radio. That's also like my thing is that mm-hmm. these are artists that like I will never play their music. Um, same thing with like the Smiths. I've sworn off playing the Smiths mm-hmm. on the radios. Yeah. Cause I'm like, people who I'm like, they, you've heard them. You've yeah. heard them. I don't need to play them. Right. I'm yeah. going to post them. a whole new like femme BIPOC artists instead. Like that's who I want to give my platform to. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that it's like, a thing in the music community and just like with nostalgia yeah. too, it's it can be difficult, but like also fuck predators, fuck abusers. Literally
2: and yeah. die. I and mean, like <laughs> it, it only goes to like the
3: music can only be so good it can only be so and then when it comes to people like chris brown it's like is the music good at all he is awful (laughs) and then people
2: like um her did a song yeah i was so upset i'm
3: disappointed in her a little bit i am too i'm writing a angry zine article about how much i hate chris brown because recently like literally in the past like so three months, months. Yeah, he had so a nice. he had like a suit against him in court like someone was or it was something about him sexually assaulting or raping someone a woman in like Paris in 2019 yep. I think and then it got recently settled outside of court Which, so off. Off. what does that mean he like, paid them money, off money, and money, like money. That's literally that's it. he's just
0: gonna I, ooh,
3: ooh, I could go on forever yeah.
0: Allison. it makes me so mad I <laughs> can't think of a single time when like someone charging pressing charges for being sexually assaulted has actually worked in court like it's so it makes me like like our judicial system is so fucked up
1: because it all just feeds into like the capitalist monster that is the u.s yeah
0: and like did you see uh, promising young woman yeah i need to watch that like do you remember that scene with the lawyer where he was like, "Oh, we would get bonuses for like bullying victims out of pressing charges." I um, don't remember that, but when that's she awful. confronted, she confronted the defense attorney, and he broke down and like, "Yeah, it was that scene."
1: Wait, yeah, that was like at like the end ish, kind of like yeah, the, like yeah. Hours
0: all the way through. I yeah, I remember, and I remember being like, "I if that was real, if that really does happen." like if defense attorneys get bonuses for that, I would not be surprised. I would be like doubly furious, but uh, quadruply furious, but I would not be surprised. It just, ugh.
1: Yeah. Like our, everything about where we live is just like awful. Um, Like the court system, the
3: just like, it sucks. It sucks so hard. It's cause it's all run by, let's say it together, ladies. White white men.
0: (laughs) I yes like this was like in the design that I sent you guys for um the issue but I have a very complicated relationship with the Strokes because like um just because of like how many of their friends were outed as bad people well,
3: I, don't, I know don't know anything about the Strokes I need to explain educate good. us yes
0: good um remember the growlers yeah oh. Julian Casablancas was basically their mentor so he had to know uh, everything. What? Yeah. He had to know. They were signed to his label at one point. He had to know. Oh my God. There was someone, there's someone in his current band, The Voids, who was accused of preying on minors. He did nothing. Um, And like, so yeah, like, but you know what, as a figure and as a figure, like as a kid, like he was like a vessel for my confidence. Like I wanted to be that Yeah. so bad. And like, I still have a complicated relationship with the fact that like, cause it's the stroke, like and imagine if anyone were to try to get this information surfaced, people will be like, sorry, you can't cancel the strokes. Cause they're-
3: No, it's so true. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've always said this and I do love the strokes and I, I grew up listening to the strokes a lot. Like in middle school, I feel like that was like my peak of listening to the strokes. But I'm like, when it comes down to it, it's generic white man music. Yeah.
2: <laughs> most, it really most, is. Most things are.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, like, they just played a show in New York. Um, yeah. And like, John Mulaney opened for them. So it was, like, that is just, like, so awful. They, like, still have such a big platform. Yeah.
3: And,
0: and, like, so, so much, much power. power. Yeah. Because this thing is so, like it's so, like, underneath the surface and so hidden, like, yeah. especially because it's just people in proximity to, I don't know about the rest of the band members, but Julian's behavior, like, of just dating really much younger women and, and covering up this information about his band members, it just Ugh. always rubbed me the wrong way.
3: Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. I feel like that's such a big problem in the music industry. Yeah. In general, just in general, in every every single aspect of it. It's just like, I don't know why men can't date people who are age-appropriate. Yeah. But, and why is it, like, such an obsession? Like, it's so creepy that it's an obsession.
1: Literally. It is. It's because society is run by pedophiles. Like, all the Jeffrey Epstein shit. Oh,
3: no, like, it's so true. It's so literally true. Literally, everyone then,
1: in power is a pedophile. Yeah. And what's our beauty standard?
2: The what's our beauty Young, hairless standard? girls. Yeah like children, minors children Literally. submissive,
3: submissive little yeah. yep girls yep. that yeah. don't have hair on their bodies nope. and don't have opinions or talk back to you Period. so a child so a child. That's like, so a child no <laughs> yeah no it's ridiculous yeah
1: like
3: it is gross
1: awful <laughs> i hate men i hate <laughs> men so much i'm just like
0: yeah. That's
1: a, that statement.
0: <laughs> you know that meme of Kermit the Frog just drinking tea. It's like yes. me and Misandry just drink all the mis- Yes!
3: <laughs> <laughs> misandry and
0: heterophobia. It's my two favorite pastimes. Literally! <laughs> Uh, Heterophobia is my number one Olympic sport.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And no one can say anything because it's Pride Month. Literally, it's Pride Pride Month. Month. (laughs) If anyone's mean, uh uh, Mm -hmm. cut. Literally, (laughs) homophobe. Yes. (laughs) Cancelled.
0: Also, I follow you on Spotify, by the way, and, um, your all the playlists you make I'm I'm browsing occasionally just being like um because I always find something that I didn't know about before
3: I will literally make you a playlist I love making playlists for people and I will I will make one for you oh am um, so happy to hear like I sometimes forget that like the things that I do in the world other people see yeah <laughs> I'm like you perceive me <laughs> oh wow that's cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm a person <laughs>
0: also like um how is like uh your uh pride uh month been going music wise so far like what what do you like have you thought of like cool like I guess things to um like events to host and put on and stuff like that or like or just like little small things Uh, not an event,
3: but in-person pride is going to be happening like sometime in August right now. Um, But for the original pride weekend, um, we're going to have Bunch of queer DJs. It's just gonna be a big gay dance party for like yes. two days yes. straight.
2: <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> it, should
1: be. Yeah, it should be. Okay, X so is gonna be playing for forty-eight hours in this apartment. Yes. Yeah. And yes. we're just me dancing. off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Put on some Donna Summer, baby. Yes, Donna it's Summer. Said. I feel love, but like the thirty-minute version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: Hour-long version. Ten-hour version. Yeah. 10 hour version yeah they get, <laughs> the whole forty-eight hours, it's just Donna Summer. <laughs> just I feel love.
0: <laughs> oh, banger! That song is so good. Amazing. <laughs> I just love it. I, um, oh my god, you know what I've been listening to lately, which is mm. young, is like early post Spice Girls British pop. Um, oh, no. Oh my gosh. See, I've been getting into that as well,
2: but like more, more like rap kind of. Ooh. Like British rap is British really sexy. good. Yeah.
0: Super sexy. After I, I discovered Grime, I would, that was, it was just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you heard um, the Sugar Bays covering Adina Howard's Freak Like Me over a Gary Newman instrumental? It's like art. No, stop. Look.
3: I need to find this on my Spotify right now. Okay. <laughs> right. I love that. Oh, my god, yes. I'm so excited to listen to it's it. It's on my current rotation. <laughs> put it in yeah. I'll put it. I'll put it in the group chat. <laughs>
0: um, do you guys know about the Poptimism versus Rockism, like decades-long debate? No, no I, don't. I don't. Explain. Apparently it originated when a musician like as a throwaway joke he would be like, "Haha, I'm anti like anti rockist, like play on play on the word racist um to describe these like elitist white men who were like, "Oh, I'm only about rock." <laughs> um
1: I hate them. Ugh. They're awful. Yeah. They're open my mouth. Yeah.
3: I don't know. I feel like any dude that's like classic rock is the only good music genre <laughs> like this is this sucks this is chick music (laughs) they suck they suck and i don't think there's a debate there (laughs) yeah they're awful um and i think that i mean we wanted to mention something about olivia rodriguez's new album because like she is so good and that was such like oh my gosh i had i i don't know as a former indie kid Mm -hmm. and someone who was kind of a pretentious prick and would be like the, you know, I don't listen to what other people listen to. I don't right. listen to top 40 right. stuff and then calling all pop music bad, but um, i very much grown from that and I'm like oh my god I feel like new wave of like pop music like even like Billie Eilish yeah. is like insane it's so fucking good and f- female rap too mm-hmm. um, and hip-hop artists like Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion Megan. and Saweetie and all these like amazingly talented artists who are just like I feel like they're reclaiming like the stem rage in so many different ways and um, just like channeling it through their music in a pop outlet. And it sounds so good. And I think that it was something that was so necessary and needed because like everyone is connecting to it. yeah, And it just like starts a discussion about these things. Like it reaches more people that way. It does. It reaches more people. And it just starts like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of pop music in the past, I don't know, I, I think we went through like a period where it was like, party, yeah. party, we're going to party. Yeah, was and like that was like early, like 2010, late, like, <laughs> yeah. hot when it was like El Vale, like
1: Party Rock Anthem. Yeah, that was Party like, Rock like, Anthem, yeah. or like Kid Cudi,
3: yeah. and like all those people, which like, no, no hate to that. No hate to Because like
1: that music slaps. If I am throwing a party, I want to hear them fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, but I, I think that just having these artists talk about important issues or being quote unquote edgy or like Olivia Rodriguez like saying fuck like like being seen as kind of like this innocent pure girl and kind of just like breaking that fucking stereotype right open yeah yeah I feel like the whole notion of like it's popular, which means it's bad. It's such no. It's so gaykeepy. It's so gay-keepy. and it's just like it, yeah, it's it's popular because it's good. Yeah, because like everyone likes it. Just like let people fucking enjoy music. Right. <laughs> just like, let people enjoy themselves. Yeah. Yes. And then, m-
2: music, is like certain like genres of music isn't isn't just for like a couple people. Like everyone feels good after they listen to this artist, and then it gets like famous or whatever. It goes mm-hmm. viral. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, there's there's definitely, I mean, in my experience, like, I heard it first, so mm-hmm. it, like, means more to me, or I'm, I'm, I, I I'm know. somehow more superior right. than you, are right. like, more right. connected or, to it. Right. yeah, yeah. But like, I, I found this song, and you can't listen to it, or you can't listen to it, oh my because. God, I know so many
1: people like that, oh God, it's, I'm like, literally so it.
0: annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like felt that way about certain artists but I've never broadcasted it and been like oh actually right, yeah
3: or I'm just like I I feel like the feeling shouldn't be of like loss that like now other people exactly. are listening to it. it should be like oh my gosh let me show you this, this a... artist that I love yeah. is getting all this amazing mm-hmm. recognition I'm so happy for them I like it because then it's
1: like wow trendsetters <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's like
1: how I kind of like reframed my mind about it because I was like I felt the same exact way where I was like Mm-hmm. it's popular now. But, yeah. like, it's popular now. Yay, like, more people know about it, which means that, like, I can connect to more people and, like, make more friends about it and, like, the artist gets more money. So, mm-hmm. I feel like at the end of the day,
0: we stand. Yeah, artists getting recognition. Real. Yeah. What are your favorite songs on the new Olivia Rodrigo album? Just out of- Brutal. I was just gonna say, Brutal. Yeah.
3: It's, like, so Stooges-inspired. It's right, like, girl. It's, I, it's, like, straight right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, like, it's so punk. Yeah. And... I love it. Like, that's my most streamed song on Spotify right now because I literally go on my Spotify and I just like click the button that's like loop this song and I will listen to it <laughs> for like two hours.
0: Like, you said, it's like Stooges crossed with Power Poppy, like Elvis yeah. Pump It Up. Like, that's totally. what. Yeah, it's like, like I heard it and
1: I was like, this is literally like from like the Stooges' first album. Like, the guitar chords, like the rhythms, and just like, it's like, do 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 do. That's like, Oh, so good, I love it.
3: <laughs> good for you, also an amazing track. Yeah, I was love, just I literally it. always Trainer. have a song stuck in my head.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the TikTok, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah those what are, are my
0: saying like, oh, they ripped off Misery Business, and I'm just like, uh, uh, it's like thing, things happen. Chords and tunes get replicated. Inside. Yeah, I mean, well, there are only so many chords
2: to like. I think, I love um, Doja Cat and Scissor's new song, Kiss mm-hmm. Me More, but it totally sounds like,
1: let's get physical. Oh,
3: yeah. Whoa, yeah. I didn't even hear that. Cool. But, but I really- feel like that's, that's like the music, that's how music works and, like, right. and how music evolves right. over time. I mean, there's no original, no purely original thing that you can do anymore that hasn't already yeah. been done. It's just you do it in your own way and that's what makes it new. Everything's and a remix. It's yeah. true. It's very Every- true.
0: Yeah. I heard somebody say at one point, like the more you study like music theory, the more you realize that everything is literally just the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, How
3: are you connected in Riot Girl? How did you? Yeah. What's your origin story? Tell us about you.
0: Um, so I went to, um, I took a feminism in the arts class um, my very first year of college, little baby, Um, Didn't know how to manage my money. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't. (laughs) Uh, And we went to the NYU Thales library and that was where Kathleen Hanna had donated all of her archive (gasps) materials. Yeah. Um, I I, like saw them in these little laminate bags and like these little um, pages from the zines and stuff. And I had no idea. And I had heard people talk about Riot Grrrl before, but I had no idea like what it was. So I watched her documentary, The Punk Singer. And from there on, I like went down the rabbit hole and I listened to a whole lot more Slater Kitty, which made my life infinitely better. Yes. (laughs) As it does. Yeah. And then like, I guess when the pandemic um, sort of really kicked into gear and people were like, yeah, this is for real. Like this is going to be the new normal for a while. I had nothing to do. So I was like why not start a blog? Let's do that. And so around the pandemic was when I started to do more deep discog dives than I had ever had time to do and read more books about music. I read all of Lizzie Goodman's Meet Me in the Bathroom, 700 pages. I want to read that book. And um, I tried to read Please Kill Me, but... <laughs> I read Please
1: Kill Me. I totally... I understand. There's, like, there's so much racist stuff in there. It's, like, the punk scene in the 70s was so fucking racist. Like, holy shit. And I feel like that book just, like, illuminates how problematic
0: yes. it was. Like, and, yeah, that's, that's why I have such a complicated relationship with, like, figures like Darby Crash from The Germs. Like, mm-hmm. wanted to... Be like pseudo anarchist but also like use nazi imagery as shock value which is yeah, just, like, yeah. Um, and like there are so many punk songs from like the 70s
1: and 80s that say the n-word and it's like there's no appropriate like, there's no appropriate time for a white person to say the n-word yeah. ever and, like
3: it's such a fucking cop-out yeah like there's so much more shocking shit you could do yeah like if add, you I'll want to like, someone surprise people or like i don't know be edgy or whatever yeah it's just like
1: it's so shitty to see how like the punk scene was like originated with all of this like racist and nazi imagery and like how like skinheads have evolved to like alt-right yeah people mm-hmm. and like how nazis keep stealing like punk stuff and like lace code and everything mm-hmm. how like that's mm-hmm. a thing and just like it's so fucked up and on like the no of punk um back when like punk people proclaimed that was like disco was dead. Like that whole oh, thing is yeah. just racist and homophobic. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like disco is just like predominantly queer black people making phenomenal tracks that you can dance your ass off exactly. to. And yeah. white people are just like, no, no. And it's like, no, fuck that. Disco <laughs> is here to stay.
0: Yeah. Essentially disco had evolved from queer black people making making their own beats and stuff in the clubs and then it became so commercialized and then Saturday Night Fever uh, 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 I've never seen that movie Neither have I <laughs> and yeah and and then that sort of became synonymous with the, and then Disco Sucks came along and then yep. like oh, it's yeah but I also just learned about like um Larry LeVon and the Paradise Garage thing like um back in the house days, like when house was starting to become a thing and become popular. Um, and I was like, why haven't I learned about the, like LCD sound system name drops, Larry LeVon and losing my edge. And I was like, how did I do that, <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> Oh yeah. I feel like all of those music scenes are i i think that rock music and punk and all that have been so I don't, taken by the media and yeah. glamorized and just like you never see that same energy towards music scenes that were started and um nurtured by people of color which yeah. is really fucked up um like the housing like disco like um like rap and hip-hop and all that kind of stuff they like focus on the violence of it that also is very apparent in the rock scene.
1: Yeah.
3: In yeah. different ways, but, like, still very apparent. Mm. And I would argue sometimes even fucking worse. Because, like, all these white dudes were just, like, yep. fucking 14-year-olds. like Jimmy 36. Page! Yeah. Yeah. Not
0: just, not just... Yeah. Literally! When he was 29!
3: Oh.
1: Like, and everyone's like, oh, let's Zeppelin. Like, they're so good. Like, they literally sound, like music from black people they like it's all excited literally like yeah and like the whole like classic rock that's like I feel like all of like the white men they're like oh like this is like our genre you know like no rock music was started by queer black people Mm -hmm. every single music genre like was pioneered by queer black people
0: uh little richard yeah, yeah. complicated legacy but he was but still queer and black and,
1: mm-hmm. and like sister who- rosetta thorpe
0: or thorpe rosetta thorpe yeah sister thorpe, rosetta thorpe, thorpe? yes yeah yeah and oh who else big mama thornton queer black yeah. woman love
3: big mama thornton and like death
0: did so much for like the punk scene um and bad brains i watched the death documentary with my mom in full oh, it's time. so good isn't it yeah it's amazing yeah that, and their story too like their brother being like please keep the tapes because someone like and he died all depressed and everything it was so I scary. know it was but so <laughs> fucking sad the one thing you had to hold on to was those tapes and the fact oh, that yeah. they kept their promise and Brie, Matt and reissued them thank god
3: no oh, for god. real yeah that's like death is such a amazing band and even with like grunge bands like um Tina Bell talk, yeah Tina Bell of why am i blanking on their name i can find it
0: <laughs> bam bam jeez
3: oh and i call myself a radio dj um, <laughs> <laughs> from bam bam just like how like no one fucking knew about her until like i'm sure people knew about Tina Bell but like it wasn't someone who was like mm. as publicized mm-hmm. as like um MIA from the Gits or um I don't, literally any other grunge band from Seattle and they were like as they were pioneers for the grunge scene yeah. i mean yeah. quite literally yeah um
0: yeah, it's just yeah, it's honestly infuriating. And then whenever people write about it, like we always get those crushed penis egos in the comments going, Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you, I love you, it. this is you, you're revising history. And like and they write like dissertations that are this oh way. my god.
1: It's like who has the free time to write a hate comment that long? Like Third. I just
0: I'm so confused. Also,
2: like the hate the hate you get on your um on my air. It's oh, yeah.
3: so awful and wild. I get real I have like in like real-time texts and emails and like i i say at least once every show i will have some asshole who i can tell that they're a white man by the way that they talk to yeah. me um who just like fucking ruin the energy or just like i had to do the other night when i was on air just be like stop playing chick music or like some dude i was playing the linda lindas racist sexist boy which is a, fucking fabulous song. And some dude like wrote in uh, and was like, why are you promoting this? And then sent me this like long racist rant. And I'm just like, fuck off fuck off. And I'm so mad that I can't say anything about it on air. <laughs> so mad that I can't just be a sassy bitch because that's what I want to do and how I want to be. But I also don't want to give those people airtime, mm-hmm. you know, and like acknowledge them and give them what they want. Cause they just want fucking attention. Yeah. Um, but it's like either a mix or like, I had some guy that was like, so pissed off at me the other day when I was on air too, of just being like, fuck you, you ruined my day. And I'm like, turn off the radio. Yeah. You you don't listen to me. Turn off the radio. If you want to listen to some boring shit, literally just like go, I don't know, listen to some Spotify playlist. Like you don't have to be listening to me right now. It's either like some dude telling me to go fuck myself or some dude wanting to fuck me. So I can't win. (laughs) I can't win. They're like, will you marry me? I'm like, yes. Yes, I will marry you. Thank you for asking me. You know, I've been waiting all my life <laughs> to be asked to be uh, for marriage, That's my single. hand in marriage, and you, sir, you're the one. You're the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was what I needed to hear. Thank yeah. you. Your voice is so sexy. Wow.
0: Thanks. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It sucks that that still has to like. Yeah, I remember like a story someone told me about like their local riot girl chapter. This was like early Y2K. Apparently like the K-Rock station, um, they were playing band a band that happened to have women in it and some guy, some guy who worked there stormed in like broke the thing in half and told them to stop playing chick music. <laughs> and so then they did a pro so then like they staged a protest and everything and started making these burning these cds with a bunch of riot girl stuff on them and took direct action they went into hot topics and handed them out to young girls looking for music and i was like that's amazing i love that
3: that is the coolest thing i have ever fucking heard (laughs) that is so cool what oh damn i
1: that's
0: yeah burning little cds i love cds oh do you guys know um uh uh the electric chairs the punk band uh, oh, no jane county is uh, an amazing trailblazing trans woman who was playing in cbgb and max's kansas city before the ramones even started and oh her band was called the electric chairs and she would do these outrageous performances and apparently she was the source for david bowie's inspiration for his diamond dogs tour
3: whoa that's so cool so queer people really did invent everything yeah. <laughs> Literally, whoa. is Shockable. this them on spotify that is them yeah okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> giving us such good music thank yes. you sorry i got distracted <laughs> yeah we also have like little notes
1: in front of us too um yeah because uh, yeah, we tried to do like a little bit of prep before this
3: so like we just wrote down like just words that were like do you have any favorite record stores near
0: you favorite record stores that's a good question there's um well i i was stuck in a suburb during the pandemic which sucks but in boston um there's like these little villages in cambridge where they have like this place called village hi-fi records which i love i got a bunch of that's where i get a lot of my pins and stuff like that um i love I loved going to the local Rough Trade um, store in Brooklyn. What you- was the last
3: show that you went to before the pandemic hit? Or, yeah.
0: I went to see Caroline Polachek at <gasps> Yeah. That's so an amazing jealous. last show. It was so nice.
3: But I think, yeah, Queen Chimera was like the last show, just like a little dingy show. We have this venue. It's like the punk venue in Seattle. It's El Corzone slash the Fun House. And it's like right under the highway. It's so disgusting. Mm -hmm. And I love it so much. (laughs) I've been so messy in those bathrooms. (laughs) Oh, and I can't wait to get back to being messy in public again. (laughs) Right? And just like. i just want to go to shows i'm like i will open mouth kiss everyone here in this venue (laughs) i'm vaccinated baby (laughs) it's hot girl summer hot
1: girl summer (laughs) for real Uh, so
3: soon home
1: stretch yeah because like there are so many shows being booked now um that it's just like oh my god is this is this really happening like (laughs) are we doing this are we going back into shows and the answer is yes
2: it can't be no. <laughs>
3: I need Not for my mental No. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, this is me like jumping back to the topic of like uh, people of color originating everything. But yes. Do you, you know that guy, um, Khalil Green, who's been doing, uh, he's the Princeton student body president, um, but he's been doing a series on TikTok about cultural appropriation in the arts. And it's so good. He did one about how like the Beatles come together was just. Plagiarizing Chuck Berry's "Can't Catch Me," and um, I don't know. I'll take any slander against the Beatles because I think they're very. Oh, I hate
3: the Beatles. Good, I'm so glad we're on the same page. (laughs) Everyone gets mad at me when I say I don't like the Beatles. I can't ever say it on air because I will get like 50 texts of people telling me to kill myself. (laughs) I know it. I know KXP's listener base, and I know that that would happen. Beatles boys, him too much hype for what reason yeah
1: it's boring now the beatles probably have like one of the biggest platforms in like music history and it's like they don't need that anymore Mm -hmm. and like half of them are dead and like basically all of them are abusers um except for george harrison we love
3: george harrison i like his demos i feel like they have way too much hype
1: given to them yeah like should be given to like the people that they ripped off um is like
3: every classic rock band can paul mccartney just like Shut up! Right? And he release an album? Like, <laughs> can he just retire and like go um, away yeah. <laughs> Can we stop talking about Enough. Him? We've had enough. You, you did it. Yeah. Good job. You Good did, job. did it. You're now d- get the now fuck now out lead. of here.
0: <laughs> oh God. Every time he opens his mouth, I'm just like, please, just <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, we
3: don't. We don't
2: need to hear. Shh. No. 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 no, sure. no. <laughs> just- Actually, wait. Stop talking.
0: (laughs) Paul McCartney, hire me to be your publicist so I can tell you when to, so I can just be like, never talk again. Don't book any more press. Just don't.
2: (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) disappear. Yeah,
0: we could like make Paul McCartney's career
1: over. I feel like all four of us put our minds together. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I think so. Let's destroy Paul McCartney! (laughs) Start a Paul McCartney hate campaign. (laughs) Paul McCartney, I will dox you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a threat. <laughs> All right. Well, we should probably buggy on out of here. I'm very tired. I won't take a nap <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But
0: it was so, so fun to chat with you. You guys too. Thank you so much for joining me. And and um yeah, I hope you guys um have a good rest of your week and thanks again
1: yeah you Absolutely. too thank you for like having us like this, this was is so exciting. cool. yeah podcast I <laughs> bought um an audio adapter specifically for this they were very excited about
3: it <laughs> I was it like splits
1: the audio so we can all hear ourselves with the headphones
3: yeah it is <laughs> fancy audio equipment <laughs> Thank you so much for having yes, us. Yeah, this was so fun. Yeah. So fun. We'll definitely keep in touch. So mm-hmm. excited to listen to your podcast episode. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Yeah. And your week, like yes. All right. We shall talk to you later then. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Miss Anthrope. Don't forget to give us a rating and review. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Miss Anthrope. My blog is IzzyShutUp.com. My Instagram page is at Izzy's Two Cents. And my Twitter is Misanthropei. You can follow Kennedy, Sophia, and Tali on Instagram at RiotGirlRecords. Thank you for listening, and once again, I'll see you all in the next episode.